All right, all right, all right. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty neat, pretty neat. Here we go. Around and round. Welcome. Wednesday night. The glorified version of a bass fishing talk show. And I'm your host, Pat Renwick. And uh, I'll tell you, it's happening again. It's like when the Hulk, um, when Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. Last time I saw a mouth like that, it had a hook in it. And it's <laughs> Wednesday night time for the glorified version of a bass fishing talk show. And uh, I want to tell you, Bass Galaxy, I am beyond elated again to bring you the General Larry Nixon tonight. That's right. We here at Stray Cast are bringing you Larry yeah. Nixon. The legend, the general, the general, yeah, general, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I obviously we're excited, man. Anytime that you get a um, a stepping stone or a foundation of the sport to come on this show, it's a big deal to us as bass fishing fans. Uh, and uh, you know who's a, a big bass fishing fan? He is the uh, 2021 <laughs> Bass Nation Opens competitor, Ryan Popcorn Whitaker, co-founder of the tightrope uh, baby popcorn, Nelius Firework Jig. Yes. Yeah, you got it. And that is you. Did I get it all? I think you got it Tightropefishing.com. Yeah, Did yeah, I get yeah, that part? I forgot super, super. Yeah. Superfishing, tightropefishing.com. Yeah, yeah. What about concrete? Concrete hard. <laughs> concrete hard. Concrete hard, Ryan. <laughs> Can you play that? Uh, can you play that music? <laughs> the concrete heart well, music. Yes, we have that music actually. <laughs> concrete heart, Chicago oh, angler man, yeah. Ryan Whitaker, yeah. Yeah. 2021 Bass Opens competitor. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> Ryan, dude, seriously, um, things are going great for you. Congratulations so Thank far you. on the success of the jig. It keeps escalating it's and escalating, yeah. Yeah. and the excitement, of course, is building. For you as an individual, also fishing the opens. And yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, dude, it's it's getting closer and closer and closer. <laughs> it's getting too close, too fast. Yeah, as but. as as we speak. And uh, Ryan, every week, um, besides uh, pro- probing some of the what's all that oh, noise? The probing. What was that noise? A lot of rustling. Uh, yeah, there was like a, a cattle, a, a herd of cattle. Sound like through. you were looking through your keys, the, through a pile of leaves. Or something. Um. So, you know, Ryan, you, you know, every week, besides probing uh, uh, great people for information and statistics, yeah. you, you also uh, conjure up the Tin Cup Whiskey Word of the Week. We do whiskey stuff. Yeah, you do yes. whiskey stuff here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and what is that? We're just going to go with a general word this week. Yes, generally speaking, what would it be? General. The general. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So every time you hear the word uh, general... You can take a, a drink of, of a beverage of your choice, reminding you again to drink responsibly. And you could drink Gatorade. Sure. Uh, uh, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Coca-Cola. Uh, or, of course, Tin Cup Mountain Whiskey. Yeah, and you can put Tin Cup Mountain Whiskey in all of those drinks we mentioned, too, tin, if you want. Tin Cup yeah. Whiskey is the official whiskey of bass fishing. Did you know that? Yes. It is I now. I know that. It is now. Hey, cool shirt. Hey, thanks. Cool shirt to you, guys. <laughs> hey, <I'm> thanks. <laughs> Ryan Popcorn Whitaker right there. Hey, um, you know who, uh, who else is a cool guy with a cool shirt? That guy. Yeah, and he's got a cool hat on. He's, the, he's a punk rock producer. Yeah. He's, look out, he's stage diving. Oh my gosh, put your shirt on, dude. It's Andrew Ellenberger. He's got three people on his shoulders. <laughs> I didn't know you were that strong. It's a ginger ninja. Right on the head. Like a uh, uh, dog's producer. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's how that goes. It's Andrew Ellenberger, the ginger ninja. Andy, uh, the uh, the green, the cool green Irish hat you have on, yep, is uh, Omnia Fishing. Yep, and uh, Omnia Fishing has a a hell of a is hell of a one word. Hell of yes, hell of a U V A hell yes. hell of a uh, uh, special going on right now, Gingy. Yes, it does. And, and what what in the what in the world is going on there, Mister so, Mister Andrew? Head on over to OmniaFishing.com. Okay, and right now we're going to run from today all the way to midnight Thursday. Oh. Okay. 20% off on all worms. All worms. So go to soft plastic, go to worms, 20% off. Uh, hit up the Berkeley Generals, though, for sure. Wink, wink, hint, hint, but use the code I got worms 20. But here's the magic. Listen yeah. this. I got worms 20, and you'll be flashing it across the screen. But yep. it, here's the cool thing. Any soft plastic. Any soft plastic. I don't oh. care what it is. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Larry Nixon's Yamamoto's. Yeah. Uh, they also have vintage in limited supply 1978 Larry Nixon gator tail worms. Ooh. Yeah. So, well, you better get on over there and get them. They smell weird. Yes. They smell real weird, but they have them now. Omniafishing.com. What's the code again, Ginge? I got worms 20. I got worms 20. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> Omniafishing.com. I got, I got worms 20. I will say hey. that mask really softens your voice. It does. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it is. It's nice. Sounds good. It does. It's, it's, you're very subtle. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that, that wind song stays on my mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but hey, uh, you know, uh, I want to say that uh, this is a cool place to get free stuff every Wednesday night. Uh, here at Stray Cast. And uh, tonight we are happy to give away line and lure conditioner. Yeah. Also, wait, that's not it. About a stern uh, boat cleaner. Wait, also, that's not it. Uh, yeah. Uh, the We have the Armor Shield. Armor Shield. Armor Shield. Yeah. It, here, in, uh, here in the Chicago area, we call it Armor Shield. Armor Shield. You got Armor Shield. We got the lines and the lures. And we got the about the sterns. And uh, Jake, uh, the intern. Uh, is is working the chattis board there, and all you got to do is like and share this live Facebook feed. Like and share the live Facebook feed. Uh, Jake's going to put it in a randomizer at the end of the show. He's going to pop on. You got a chance to win. I mean, it's well, uh, this prize pack is well worth under $16 million. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, just under. Yeah, just yeah. just, uh, just slightly under $16 million. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no doubt about it. Hey, if you want to check out uh, what is quickly becoming the most rad bass and sled in the galaxy, the MX-21, head on over to uh, Crestliner.com and uh, and look at that yacht. Bass and aircraft. Carrier. Yeah, it, it is. A, what 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 in the world, Ryan Whitaker? <laughs> we're, no, Ryan, Ryan, awesome. we're going to get you in one of those one of these days, well, Ryan. Let's, let's you're going to be jumping. You're going to be I'm jumping in. waves. Yeah. 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 I want to take naps in you the and, locker. You and Ginger are going to be you and Ginger are going to be racing. Let's race. With yeah. You you, <laughs> you I want the whole shot. Yeah, I just have. It's gonna be like Tokyo Drift, but not in Tokyo. <laughs> and in Crestliners. Tokyo Chinewalk. Yeah, Tokyo. T- t- yeah, but in Crestliners, exactly. <laughs> Crazy moves. Uh, all right, hey, halfaspotofficial.com. Uh, it's a place to find what spots. That's spots. right. Share spots. Um, sharing is caring. You know, a friend with the spot is a friend indeed. Doesn't isn't that how it goes or sure. something like that? Um, and and if you share your fishing knowledge, it comes back tenfold. Seriously, hundred percent. Go to halfaspotofficial.com. Check out the online derbs. Uh, also check out 
the application on your uh, smartphones and uh, Androids. Download them. Uh, how we doing, Ginge? Everything seems to be good and copacetic and, uh, and everything else. Um, I want to give a special shout-out uh, uh, to a viewer of the show, Justin Baker. Uh, Justin, thank you so much uh, for sending in the awesome uh, uh, Berkeley uh, big game jacket. Uh, Matt Robertson Ooh. snagged it. Yeah, Robertson. Got that. What? Uh, yeah. Big game jacket? A big game jacket. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, Justin Baker. And the cool belt buckle and the producto worms. Amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Justin Baker. <laughs> Seriously. Dude. Didn't have to do that. Uh, awesome. Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, I want to tell you, uh, every week we're going to talk to you about the importance of keeping your rod covered and being safe. Um, this is a public service announcement every week from Straycast. You will com- completely and, and utterly uh, hear us seriously talk about keeping your rod covered yeah. every week, and that's with the Outcast Fishing rod slicks the slicks rod covers and if you're not i mean if you're not keeping it covered in the in the uh in the in the boat you're not protecting the deal in the locker yeah in the locker so uh available at omniafishing.com and also uh they got a special going on on the uh on the old uh uh, stealth fighter jig and this is the cage fighter right here with the flat eye so uh check that boom kaboom now ginge i think i got it all now didn't i yeah are we, are we hammered down in the hammer lane? Should we put the power poles down? Should we put the power poles down? Don't go anywhere. When we get back, it's the general Larry Nixon. Yes. That's two. Yes. Nobody wants to run out of power when they're on the water. There is a better way. Introducing the Charge Marine Power Management Station from PowerPole that does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system. PowerPole Charge. Yeah, buddy. 
TH Marine HydroWave H2 KVD Edition is a surefire way to ignite a feeding frenzy. The HydroWave utilizes a sound emitting technology that imitates bait fish and other feeding fish below the surface that preys on the competitive nature of bass and other game fish to get you more bites. The HydroWave is another way that TH Marine has you covered from transom to trolling motor. Ladies and gentlemen, Bass Fishing Galaxy, we're pretty excited right now to bring to you a familiar face to us all, the one and only, the legend, the General Larry Nixon. Yes. 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 Click that, click that microphone icon in your uh, hey, Larry. left. There, Larry. Here comes Larry. <laughs> he can hear us. He's got the mute. But we can't yet, but we can't hear him. Man, we're now the Larry Nixon, the general. Now we got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Welcome, Larry. Glad to be here, buddy. Oh, my goodness, man. I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it is to, to have you among us tonight and, um, and, and how special it is that you are reemerging uh now into the bass fishing scene again after a year off and uh let me tell you man i think you've been working out i think that it's evident the weight room is that way larry nixon yeah look at you <laughs> yeah a year ago i couldn't have done that my arm would have made me cry <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're doing good man i know i've been talking to you and you're in good spirits and uh and i think you're uh you're ready to go out and kick some bud aren't you man I'm going to go out there and have fun, Pat. How's that? That's that, all that counts nowadays is have fun, and I am going to catch fish. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, because I want to get real about this. Um, one of the reasons that I had you and invited you on the show uh, this evening was to, um, in hopes of educating younger anglers that might not know about the legend Larry Nixon. Of course, they know um, so, you know, of Larry Nixon, but not a lot of the, the deets, you know, as Jay Kumar, the Bass Blaster puts it, the deets, you know, so <laughs> we, we, we kind of want to educate here and, and kind of do a little synopsis of, of your career, if that's okay with you, Larry. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> and one, one thing I want to, I want to point out here and, um, like is, and I'm going back like 1978, all right. Um, up until 2019, when you, you know, after the season, you took last year off, of course, for the, for the shoulder, as you, you stated, but man, you, you don't really have bad years. You, I mean, you really don't like he, I, I was, I saw maybe like 38th in the standings was, I mean, that's that Larry, that's very consistent. <laughs> I mean, let's think about this. Have you ever looked at it that way, like about yourself? Well, yes, I have. Okay. You know, I've been 29 years and I made 25 classics. I've made 17 FLW Cups, and I don't, I don't think anybody's ever did that. I mean, I know there's been people make more classics than I have, but I mean, all together, it's, it's been pretty consistent. 
Yeah, man. And like, I mean, it just like your worst finish uh, in, in overall points, 38th. And I think that was like, I was looking, it was like 2008 or something. I mean, and come on, dude. I mean, you're, you're spanking the youngins. You're like, out of my way, Greenhorn. Let the man go through. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why we're so excited to have you back on the trail uh, this year on the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit, man. And, um, and I think uh, I think some good things are are coming about uh, for you, um, but let's back up a minute. Um, so a lot of anglers don't know that there was a time in professional bass fishing when every tournament was not a hundred thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying, Mister Nixon? Oh yeah, I know very well. <laughs> and I mean, and let's go back. I did a little R and D, as we like to call it in the Bass and Talk Show biz. And uh, I saw in 1978 you won a Bass Champs Derb. Okay, do you remember that Derb? Yes, I do. All right, you won six thousand dollars. That's right. All right, six thousand bucks. All right, uh, and that was kind of the that was kind of the start of it all. You know. I mean, and then it, from there, it kind of escalated because as bass fishing grew as a sport, you dominated, or not dominated, let's say you capitalized on the growth. So what I noticed that pretty much any $100,000 derb uh, that came up, you just decided to go ahead and win. Uh, so right. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to cherry pick the hundred K wins. <laughs> I ain't never seen nothing like it in bass history, man. Yeah, that was, that was pretty special right there. That one little, uh, section there, four mega bucks and I think the bass team championship. And if it had money wrote on it, I want it. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> was that some sort of mindset or was it just something that happened? Well, the Mega Bucks tournament played right down my style. You know, I, I always could look at a piece of water and just look over there and say, okay, a bass lives there. And that's the way I won nearly every one of the Mega Bass tournaments was instead of wasting all that time fishing everywhere, I picked out where I knew one lived and I stayed there until I caught him. You only had to catch one per hole. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You'd wind up winning that tournament. And uh, so, I mean, it was, it was right down my alley. Yeah, and I mean, and then and then it was just a string of events up until your your last you know your last BASS victory was you know one of the the first hundred thousand dollar one or, or the or ninety nine on Claire. I mean, was and then it all seemed, seemed to be hundred thousand dollars after that is what I'm getting. That's at. when they that's when they grew up. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, both leagues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and and was that the shift? Like, did you go full time? I'm trying. I'm going off of my Rain Man memory here, but was it 2000 when you went to FLW full time? I think it was 2002 when they started putting tournaments on top of each other, and you could only fish one circuit. Gotcha. And at that point in time, I had all my sponsors kind of on the FLW side, and and me and me and ESPN didn't jive too good, and uh, several of us old guys. Uh, you know, we we wouldn't we wasn't their stars no more, so we just went to FLW. All right, and you did damn good over there too. <laughs> it worked out, <laughs> worked out, worked out quite yeah. well for you, may I say? <laughs> but, yeah, FLW was good for the sport. I mean, it, competition is good for everything, and at that time, you know, uh, you just had bass and FLW, and so 
if you could fish both of them, it was wonderful, but they didn't see it that way. So they put tournaments on top of each other and we had to make a decision. It was a magic time in bass fishing for us fans too. those, and there are many watching that don't know about it, but that, that like 99, 2000, 2001 era, you saw a lot of two tour anglers, uh, yourself, Rick Clun, Davey Height, uh, uh, Klein, Yellis. Uh, I mean, man, there was a lot there. Sure. Say it again. Gentleman George. Ge- of course, yeah. Gentleman George. Yes, of course. <laughs> you're, you're running, buddy. Is that your bestie? Is he? Would you consider him your bestie? I would consider him. Uh, yeah, we we spent a lot of time together, buddy. I mean, we duck hunt, we fish, we squirrel hunt, we deer hunt. We do it all together, and yeah, he's my best bud. That that's awesome, man. And uh, and I, I shared with you the you know. Uh, on the phone the other day, how cool it was to sit down with the both of you guys at the cup at the cup that time. And Ryan Popcorn was there, Andy, awesome. of course, and yeah. and uh, yeah, man. And um, we'll get into it a little later. But you guys are troublemakers. I I, I know that. I know that about you. We we've been known to do that. Yeah. <laughs> You've been known to do a little juke joint jumping. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Hey, um, let, let's uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about you, uh, the angler, uh, Larry Nixon. Um, so I think that uh, a lot of times when an angler becomes synonymous with something, it's a uh, it equates success. Um, do, do you know what I mean? For like, it, it could be a certain thing. Like for example, um, when you think of Clun. He's synonymous with plugs, right? You think of Clun as a plugger. That's correct. Okay. Um, you think of uh, Tommy Biffle, you think of the tight shorts, right? <laughs> okay. You think of dance, you think of the tea hat, right? You think of Houston, you think of spinnerbait. You think of Larry Nixon, you think of a Texas rig plastic worm. Like that. That's, right. that's the deal. And what I would like to stress here is that pretty much every technique that we use today in bass fishing as far as Texas rigging plastics is, for lack of a better term, a derivative of techniques that Larry Nixon uh, perfected. There, of course, there were anglers before him. You get dancing 68, starting the worm deal, you know, in the and then progressing to you, Larry Nixon, in 78 and, and, and perfecting that. But a lot of anglers don't realize you're the guy. You are the T-Rig man. You're the Texas rig guy. That's you. Well, I kind of got stuck with that name. But, uh, <laughs> over the years, I've, I've done a lot of different things, and that's one of the things I brought in here. The first BASS Invitational that I won was actually one with a mud bug. I know, yes. Yeah, you and have that? Bug here, and it was the seventh month of '78 on oh Millwood Lake, and that's right after that little Bass Champs tournament that I won. Yeah. And I've still got that mud bug, and I've got it autographed here, got the date on it. You know, I saved some of these things because you can't save a plastic worm. No, it's no, it's a, there. It, it's kind of <laughs> tore up. Yeah. Some of these little toys, uh, and like in. Let's see. This is a Megabucks winner in nineteen October of nineteen ninety on Lake Gunnersville. That's the old six A bomber. Yes, 
I actually won that tournament on. Yes. And it's a hard bait. It ain't a plastic worm. No, I know. You led me right where I Thank you. Thank you so yeah, much. You, you, you're, you did this. Thank you. You got to be versatile to be good. Yes. And, uh, yeah. There was a lot of lures that I used. And uh, I brought one other one here because it's kind of cool. And, you know, people really don't never get to see this stuff because I got it hid in my shop. <laughs> this, this is an old Zara spook that I actually won the BASS 25th anniversary, the sixth month of 92. 92. 92. I remember when you won 92. that. 92. Yeah. yeah. I, got I the caught the buckle. majority of my big fish in that event on that lure right there. Oh, my gosh. That's so you're getting special treat tonight. These not many people get to look at this. Can you hold that a little closer yeah, to the get camera, that, get please? That right up to the camera there. Oh man, a little higher, please, Larry. Look at that! Wow, that's amazing. And right after the tournament was over, I went home and I signed it, dated it, and put it in a tackle box, and it's never been dropped, brought out again till tonight. Wow! And that's a fact. You hear that, Bass Galaxy? I look at them. Wow, it's like toys that Larry Nixon plays with. <laughs> and I cannot tell you how much money that I've won on this lure right here. That spot. That's an old three-quarter ounce rattle trap. Oh, trap. Okay, I see here, yeah. A loud one. But back when I was a younger man, this was one of my money makers, son. I wound this thing like I can't tell you how many million miles I've wound a, a silver blueback trap or a bright red crawfish one wow that is I awesome I, I dated this in 05 i don't think it's the year i won toledo bend but i'm i'm pretty sure that it accounted for many of the fish that i caught in that tournament or i would not have dated it and saved it but i took the hooks off it and <laughs> saved it but that's just that's just four lures that uh you know, they were my workhorses back in them days, besides the plastics, of course. Yeah. But that's one thing I learned guiding is that you could catch fish anytime on a Texas rig or jig head worm. But when they were really eating, you needed to throw the big stuff. That's and, right. And so I, I'm not just a worm guy. I, I know. And thank you so much because that's where <laughs> I was going. I was like, everyone knows Larry Nixon as, as the, the Texas rig guy. But, man, you're a plugger. You're a plugger, too. I was a big-time plugger before I went to having all these ailments, you know. Yeah. The old hand quit, and that's when I really got to – I said, I, I just throw a worm and a jig. <laughs> <laughs> he still did all right, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's outstanding. But, uh, I mean, like the the, tr the rattle trap, man, the three-quarter trap and, the, and that spook that uh, – uh, you were using a spook too uh, on St. Clair as well, right? That's correct. You can't even hardly find that color right there anymore. That was the old pale chartreuse. Oh. And it worked really good in muddy water and clear water. And uh, I mean, it, it's just, you can't even find that in the store no more, to my knowledge. Wow. Pale shirt. Yeah. That's, that, down. that was the bomber? That was the bomber 6A. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. It's hard for me to it's hard for me to see if you notice I have to I have to squint on the on the monitor. But man, that's <laughs> the um man that uh, that's the bait. Like that's the bait. That was the crankbait back then. Wow, that's pr uh, that's pretty insane. 
I mean, when I tied on a crankbait in 1990, it was a 6A bomber or a 7A bomber. (laughs) Are you Uh, saying nobody makes a pale chartreuse? I don't think so. Well, I mean, not like that one. We got no. we got to change that. <laughs> it, it's not shiny, uh, you know. It's it's kind of opaque, I would call it, and it's got an orange belly, of course, which is just just really a brim color. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that was the chartreuse back in the nineties and, and late eighties in that in that area right there. Oh, I remember the bait, and I remember seeing it in Bassmaster. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. That that's amazing. Um. But you have to, I mean, like maybe you don't have them with you right right now, but I mean, there's got to be a time uh, or uh, you have to have some of those old plastics maybe in bags somewhere, don't you? Like some old gator tails or something? Or... I still got three or four bags of old gator tails, yes, and they're packed away in my boat because I'm heading to Florida here pretty soon, and I might <laughs> accidentally put one on. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. Whoops. Yeah, just a couple <laughs> weeks, like three weeks you're going to Florida. That's right. I may pull one out and throw it. Okay. Um, okay. Nowadays, I do just as well throwing a throwing a bait that, uh, if you'll notice, I don't know whether you can see that or not, but this, uh, <laughs> that is a June bug swimming Cinco. Yeah, you got a couple of those there, I see. Well, this other one is a regular <laughs> you got a You got a big old satchel of them there. <laughs> oh, fun pack. Yeah. There's, there's kind of a funny little story about that, and that's why I brought these. Hey, uh, tell us. A few years back, Junebug went from Junebug to Too Light. It was more like a blue with green flake, and I kept raising cane you know that's the way i am i always i always spoke my piece and i said where did my june bug cinco go and i kept asking that question and finally after about two years somebody listened to me and they went back and they produced the right color in a bulk bag just for me wow now i haven't seen them in the store yet so i wait them What's your address? What you can buy, but uh, you know this made me feel really good that they went back and they pulled that old that that old color out of. Uh, um, they keep a log. Yeah. He said, he said, "I know exactly when that happened because it was the plastics at that certain year time that when when they added the dye, it, they could never get it dark." Wow, you just so they changed all that now, but. Uh, Boys, at Okeechobee, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got the right thing. Look at the confidence there. right there. Look at the confidence <laughs> he's got. I love it. I love it. What's the deal with that? That's that swimming Sanko. Like, I mean, are you like, what's your your deal with that? Your your what's the general rig with that deal? How are you rigging well, it up? The, one of the last tournaments at Okeechobee, I used a four inch swimming Sanko on the back of a chatterbait. Okay, gotcha. And, and then I got to where, you know, a swimming jig is so popular. I said, well, what about just winding a worm? And that's where uh, the swimming Cinco is so good. You put it on a real light wave and you can just kind of reel it along steady. And it it, it kind of swims like a minnow, but yet it looks like a worm. Yeah. And this year, me and George, of course, <laughs> We, we went down to a little private lake down in South Arkansas and probably, 
I know at least one of the biggest fish I've caught in my life. I caught that day. And another one that George said was over 10. And I caught both of them on that swimming Senko. Wow. How are you rigging it up? Yeah. You said lightweight. Like, what's the hook in the weight? I... Uh, down there, was, I was using a one eight ounce slip sinker and a three-aught um, hybrid worm, that uh, uh, Gamakatsu hybrid worm hook. Okay. So I was casting it out to brush piles, and I just let it go down, and I just slowly reel it through that brush pile. And when it come over a limb, you know, it's just like working a Texas rig. Thunk. Sure. Do you yeah. peg it? Do you peg that? that that sinker on that yes. swim sinker okay gotcha yes gotcha. yes i peg it but Larry. it's it's great bait it's very versatile you can use it on a spoon or you can use it on a chatterbait you can even even use it for a spinnerbait trailer so it's 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 just a lure that i go to a lot larry how how often do you throw the color june bug outside of the state of florida all over texas yeah okay all over Texas, anywhere along the the uh, East Coast where you got that tidal brackish water, if you've got that slightly off-colored water, June bug is a really good color. Okay, in so the Carolinas, it works really well. Okay, so it's the water color more than anything yes, else. Definitely. You know, back in the old days, it was purple. Yeah. You know, everybody okay. wanted a purple worm. Yeah. Right. And then they went to blue grape which was a dark grape color. And then they started adding green plate to it. And that's where the name June bug came from. Aha. Okay. It was yeah, like, yeah, it was like the old man's black grape or blue grape or whatever. You got it. Oh, there it is. That's the origin of June bug. That tournament I won on the, uh, uh, that bass champs tournament where I only won $6,000. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was throwing a black grape man's jelly worm around them cypress trees. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Hey, tell me about Tom Mann. I mean, do you have any cool stories about Tom Mann? That's some. Um, that's somebody that, as a kid, I really admired. And, of course, his, his famous bass, Leroy Brown. But you got any cool Tom Mann stories? Well, probably one of the coolest ones was uh, when I was really uh, just a rookie and not hadn't been fishing BASS very long. Uh, I got acquainted with Tommy Martin and uh, Bill Dance, and we went to Eufaula, and I think it was like, oh, I don't remember my second year or third year of fishing BASS, and Tom had a big cook out there at his gallery, and, and I got invited, and I was like, wow, you know, this is pretty cool. I get to okay. go eat with dogs, and uh, <laughs> yeah, shrimp and oysters and all this stuff, and uh Tom was a great individual. I knew him pretty well. And him and Bill Dance used to play tricks on each other all the time. And one tournament, I believe it was Bill Dance going through the takeoff line. And, uh, you know, you have to raise your live well lid and all this stuff. And and uh, Tom and Bill, they'd always do something. Well, Tom put five rubber ducks in his, or five rubber bass in his live well. So he, <laughs> he was going out with fish in the live well. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Well, Tom Man or Bill Dance came back and put a live duck in in Tom Man's live well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, there's a duck in there. So. No way. Oh yeah, they, a live they duck. Were, they were crazy. Oh my goodness. They put snakes in there. They did it all. So out of like out of all that group, you know, back in the day. 
yeah, yourself included, you know, uh, 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 Tommy Martin, Roland Martin, Bill Dance, yourself, Larry Nixon, uh, uh, Jimmy Houston. The, like, who was the biggest uh, troublemaker out of all of you? It's probably Dance. Was it Dance? Dance was pretty good troublemaker. I mean, he'd find a way to pick on you. I drew him twice, and he's a nightmare in the boat. I mean, he'd, all day long, he'd ask me how deep it was. And I, finally, about 11 o'clock, it hit me. And I said, he's just distracting me from fishing. I said, Bill, there's the depth finder. You can see. Quit asking me that. And he just laughed. He's like Bugs Bunny of bass fishing. Oh, he was. He was a prankster now. (laughs) So who would you say out of that same group of you guys was the, and include yourself if you may, the the most charismatic out of the bunch? Ooh, that's a tough one there. Uh, I want to say Roger Moore for some reason, you know, I knew Oh, Roger James Bond. Was, yes. James Bond, of course, he, is very charismatic. He, he, he was a mess. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Martin was always the best dressed. I mean, now he was, he was serious about how he looked every day, every night, no matter where you went, he dressed up. Okay. Gotcha. But everybody had their own people. little deal. Jimmy Houston was a funny, funny man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And Tommy Martin is like, to this day, he is built uh, like Bruce Lee. It's like you could throw a cinder block off of that guy, Tommy Martin. He's going 90 mile an hour right now, fishing and, and deer hunting and doing something. He's uh, 80 years old, and he's got amazing stamina and, and really good health. That's your bag carrier, if you get a 25, 30-pound <laughs> bag, Larry. Uh, you, he you, would carry it. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Martin carry it up for you. <laughs> Someone told us he liked to squat in front of people too. Right? He liked what? He liked to squat in front of people too. Yeah, yeah. He liked to relieve himself in front of big groups of boats. Oh, oh my, you remember that story? That huh? was you. That was you that told us. Yeah, that's that right. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that was one of the funniest I've ever seen in fishing. Not a shy guy. <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go. I mean, it was it was an emergency, and yeah. he had to go, and yep. he didn't care. And hey, that's right. And that's why he's Tommy Martin and they weren't. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he can do as he please. <laughs> but man, I want to tell you, dude, like, yeah, you're talking about uh, good, well-dressed back in the day. Those, uh, those Skeeter bell bottoms and all, uh, you, man, I'm telling you. Rhinestones. Yeah, rhinestones. You were quite the fashion plate yourself, man. You're quite a cowboy, buddy. <laughs> Well, I remember some funny outfits <laughs> when I go back, when I go back and look at them now. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, them I, red short shorts was them. Them were really short shorts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why they call them Wranglers. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, but to, but for real, man. Like there was a time, like um, you know, in bass fishing rock stars and you were one of them man like you were one of the dude ricky green was another one remember Rick? Yep, sir. man i mean back in the day you guys were the guys that that was we the- all we tried to look good that was one thing ray scott emphasized boys he said if you want to sell yourself look good every time you come in to weigh in when you go out at night he said look good people are going to recognize you so we we did what we had to do yeah. Now I got I gotta stop you there. When 
when he told you guys to look good, who decided it was a good idea to wear white pants for eight hours in a fishing tournament? To hey, come that's back fa- and look it. Good? Don't matter. That's like, pretty things, cool. I know it. Awesome. <laughs> I love the white pants, but how the hell do you keep those things clean all day? Two pairs. Two pairs well, of white pants. That's the way. That's the way we felt. Was who cares? Because they were cool. <laughs> yeah. exactly. How hot it was. I love it. Was cool. <laughs> and those big white belts, dude, and out there bassing in that man. I mean, with those collars. I mean, I need. I think that uh, that the uh, uh, that the attack a warehouse circuit as well as BASS needs to bring some of that back. Absolutely. I mean, man. come on, Larry, and jumpsuits, the whole deal. Come on. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of re-outfitting myself right now. You know, I've had a lot of changes this past year, and uh, I told Amy the other day. I said, you know what? First time it gets, I go to a cold tournament, I'm gonna be in trouble because. I don't have any good warm clothing no more. I had to retire some of my best stuff. <laughs> well, I think you need to uh, to get yourself a whole new wardrobe and put patches on it. No more, yep. no more jerseys. All Larry Nixon in patches. Get yourself a get vest. Get me another vest. Yes, a vest, a yep. coverall vest. Thank you. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Oh, Larry. Yes. <laughs> I would love it if they went back to that because then you can wear whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Any day. Yeah. And just yeah. throw your vest on. You just wear a flanny and put the yeah. dang uh, uh, vest over it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm doing it. Why not? Why not? Hey, I want to talk to you a little bit about the evolution of your tackle. Um, And I'm fascinated by this. We had Klon on, as I said a little while ago, and we went in depth with like his crankbait tackle has evolved over the years. And, and obviously, we've all seen the. The hook set, uh, uh, you know, from the Mega Bass and uh, and our Mega Bucks in '88, with the, the the beginning of Bassmaster and that the pistol grip rod, you know. Um, but and I mean, but think about it, man. Like from '78, let's take your your career in bass, just for instance, in the beginnings from '78 to like '99, and and I as a fan have watched you, and you've had a specific progression of tackle. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that progression of, of, of casting tackle throughout the years? Well, probably the biggest thing is going from longer to longer rods, you know, getting away from the five foot six and the six foot and moving on up to six, six and seven foot. That that changes your hook set a lot because you, you lose yeah. a lot of your snap, but yet you you still you in other words just instead of having to jerk sideways and run to the back of the boat and jerk again now you can just get it all done in one lick which you just got a longer rod so it makes you get be able to set that hook better and uh the rods nowadays are so much more sensitive i mean you can feel fish much faster than you could with them old short rods and the line change has been so huge uh going from monofilament to fluorocarbon and fluorocarbon to braid and you know you have to learn when to use which and to me nowadays that's very important because people that are getting away from monofilament they're going to realize that monofilament does a way better job for certain things and uh, so I still use basically two I'm only I only use monofilament and fluorocarbon and braid when I go to Florida Okay, well, t- well, tell me about your, you, you were pretty specific there. People are missing out if they're not using mono. What, what should they be using mono for? Well, mono casts so much better. You get away from having all them little loose line spools, and uh, uh, you can 
to me, you can throw the bait further without backlashing. Uh, I, I like it because it floats with topwaters. You have to go back to monofilament to get a topwater to fish right. Uh, if you use braid, then you have to tie a leader on there with a mono uh, leader extension. And so I just go back to mono. Okay. Fish is, better, fish is better for me. Now, it's not as sensitive and it's not, you know, it don't have, uh, it had, it don't have the stretch that monofilament does. So if you're worm fishing, you're better off using fluorocarbon because it sinks. And uh, so I try to figure out which line's best for me with, with some conditions and I don't know. I find myself going back to mono all the time. I gotcha. Okay. And the, and then, so when you're winding a plug or throwing a spinner bait or a, or, or a chatter bait, is, is it on monofilament the majority of the time? Yes. Okay. And what's your rod that compensates for that? Are you using graphite or are you using a composite? What are you using? I use graphite and I go up a notch on my, on my strength of my rod. Okay. Because with, with mono, you have that more stretch. But what happens here now is with monofilament, it gives the bait to the fish. Yes. When you, when you want to switch from monofilament to fluorocarbon, it's when you need to take that stretch and get it out of your, you know, if you're fishing a little bit deeper, monofilament stretches a lot. You can't get the hook in a fish, and that's why you use fluorocarbon. Gotcha. But on, on them fish that you're losing, if, let's say if you're so fast, you know, oh, I got a bite. You set the hook. Well, you're taking that bait away from the fish a lot of times. And with monofilament, it gives the bait to the fish. I, I got you. And, and, and heavier action rod with the mono compensates for that as well. That's correct. Gotcha. Absolutely. Gotcha. Was there a period in your tackle selection where you were a, 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 a glass rod guy? Were you throwing composites or glass in your Daiwa days at all? Yes, I was. Okay, gotcha. The reason why I went back to fiberglass or uh, graphite on a lot of rods is because of my hand strength. Okay. You know, as I got older, them heavier rods after a day, the fatigue would just wear me out. Okay. And so I just learned to go to, to uh, uh, graphite, go to a little more parabolic rod, and I could do basically the same thing as I could do with glass. It's just that you don't have that strength at the end of the hook set. Glass is glass will bend so much, and then it just kind of quits. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it, when you're fighting a fish, glass has a little bit more flex, you know, where you can't keep. But it, that's that fisherman's one keeps that line tight to me. It's, yeah, it's I got not, you. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And and man, like I, you know, that pistol grip era for you. What were those? So, like, when did you get in with Daiwa? Because you were using a Daiwa in, in 88 there at, at the Mega Bucks, right? I'm pretty sure it was 83 when I, when I went with Daiwa. They were looking for some fishermen to help them design rods and reels and get their tackle in order for the tournament world. And they hired me and Denny Brower, Rick Clun, George Cochran, uh Yellis was in there too. Larry Bird was there. Guido. Guido, yeah. I mean, you guys and, were like uh, rocks. It was like a rock star team, honestly. Boy. And we worked hard. Let me tell you something. They were real serious. And uh they flew us out to California and we did we did a lot of uh R and D work on all of them rods. 
Yeah, man, that those green dye were rods. Like people cherish those to these day, this day. You know, I mean, that Larry Nixon worm rod. Oh gosh, I remember that thing. <laughs> I've still got a couple. Uh, <laughs> do you? You still? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Davy Height too. He had the 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 green rod that's in right. the, the spinner bait rod in there, and of course Clun's cranking stick in there. Denny's jig rod. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We had we probably had the most awesome rods back in that time frame of anybody in the business. Yeah, it's pretty I mean it was a cool uh cool era. Guido Guido in there too. Yeah, Guido with the spinning rod. That was an important yeah. part of the uh of the team Daiwa Green Sticks. I remember, dude. Yeah, I stared at those uh, Bassmaster articles and and uh, ads. The ads were yeah, awesome. the ads before compu- yeah. before there was computers. Yeah. Larry, you know, <laughs> we just looked at the ads forever and ever. You know, <laughs> hang them on the wall. I looked at I looked at Larry Nixon in the rebel hat with the uh, you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, you kill me with some of that stuff you pull today. <laughs> <laughs> Holding up crawdads. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, uh let's uh let's kick back a little bit. You wanna you wanna kick back a little bit and let's go uh let's go eat some fresh fish. You wanna go to a little craw boil? Let's uh, let's 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 kick back and go to a craw boil and get to know Larry Nixon. How's that sound? All right, you got good. Yeah, you got some of that juke joint jumping going on over there. Where are you at right now? Aren't you at the hunting compound? Yeah, I'm down here with my palace buddies. We get together every Wednesday night and have a big time, lie to each other and all that stuff. And right now, I'm sitting in a, a ranger boat that I sold one of my friends five years ago. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I'm sitting right here in the old driver's chair. It seems kind of like a, like an like an old friend. <laughs> hey, Larry, did you ever feel like you had no choice but bassing? Like, that's it, man. That's it. That's all I can do. That's all I got. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah, I felt that way. I went to college a couple of years, and I didn't like that. And uh, Daddy had a nice Ranger boat back in them days. That was way back there, 1972, maybe. We had like the 30th boat for us produced. And I said, Dad, it was January, and I said, all my friends moved to Toledo Bend. And I, I said, if I could borrow your boat for about three months, I can go to Toledo Bend and I can guide every day. And I'll bring your boat back before the fish start biting on in April. And he looked at me like I was about half crazy. And he said, you know what? That, that's not a bad idea. He said, I can, I can handle that. You'll be home by April. And I hooked onto that thing and away I went. And in April, I sent him the money to go buy him a new Ranger boat with a new 65 motor on it. Yes, sir. And I never left. I stayed there and stayed there and, then I ran into Tommy Martin, of course, and he said, you ain't never going to make no money, God and Larry. You catch too many fish. You need to fish these bass tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I knew my, my, I knew where I was going. Oh, my goodness. You're calling. You're that calling. Awesome. Oh, and then you're just like, yeah, then I'm just going to go and win $100,000 derbs, $100, derbs and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else, man. Hey, uh, if you had $10... 
for every time somebody asked you about that opening clip of Bassmaster, how rich would you be? Ooh, I'd be wealthy. That, that, I'm really wealthy. That Give me a number. Would, Give me a number. Ah, uh, probably a couple mil. <laughs> you got to remember now that I've traveled all over the world doing seminars and stuff since since they run that and since I won that tournament. So yes. everybody I run into, oh man, that's. I'll never forget you catching that bass out of them lily pads. Oh, so. my gosh. You ever go into a Cracker Barrel and they're like, hey, aren't you that guy from the beginning of the Bass Masters? <laughs> Back uh, 20 years ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. my only question for that uh, opening scene of Bassmaster, that 88 uh, mega bucks win, uh, the, the famous scene that us as bass fishing fans cherish. My only question for you was like, how much did that hook set hurt your wrist? Because it looked like it hurt. It did. <laughs> it looked like that. I'm big gonna, I'll be plain honest with you. I never felt a thing. All <laughs> I could see was dollar bill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> green bass, green when money. Fish jumped out of the water. I said. Oh, there's a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, man. Unbelievable. What a moment. What a moment. And that was a that was what? That was a that was a June bug worm, right? That was a June bug worm with a chartreuse tail. Okay, okay, gotcha. Ribbon tailor? That was a ribbon tailor, yes, sir. Okay, gotcha. I gotta stand up, my legs cramping. I don't know why that. I got all excited there about that. <laughs> Too much Red Bull. Yeah, no, that wasn't enough. Hey, um, so I, I got to ask you this, man. Like, what is a day in the life of you, Larry Nixon? Like, you know, like an off-season day. D tell us about a typical day for you. Well, an off-season day to me is um, either taking care of honeydews or <laughs> chores around the house or. Uh, Getting on the tractor and bush hogging, I love to work on my place over there. I got to keep my shooting lanes clear so I can see what's crossing them. And uh, the rest of the time, I'm either with George squirrel hunting, deer hunting, duck hunting, or something. Gotcha. Do you, <laughs> do you love hunting more than bass fishing? Uh, no. No. Okay. It, it just gets me. It just gets me primed up for the springtime. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. You, know, you, you, you clear your mind. Uh, and, and when I go to fishing, buddy, I put the guns up, clean them, put them in the safe. I don't want to see them again until September. And, uh, you know, then I go to work on my fishing stuff. Gotcha. And then you're, and you're full in you're full. So you're hunting mode and then boom, full fishing focus, full fishing focus. That's and, just another form of hunting. Well, true. How, <laughs> how true. Yes, sir. Touche, Mr. Nixon. That is, that is, that is true. But, yeah. but here's, here's what I find remarkable. Um, that you're able to just shut it off because you must admit that those are two equal passions. Oh, most definitely. And it's so funny in August, all I can think about is hunting. <laughs> so soon as, soon as that big tournament's over in August, I'm ready to go hunting something. Okay. I gotcha. And then when, and then when does the, does the fishing bug? Cause you're still hanging out with the, with the hunting boys now. When's that fishing bug? You're leaving in three weeks, son. When's it happen? I came home yesterday. It's over. It's all fishing from here. All on. fishing from the general <laughs> means business <laughs> from here on out. That's right. You like fried fish? Love it. What's your favorite kind? 
Walleye. Walleye. Okay. I like your answer. Say it again. Crappie, number two. Crappie, the old yeah. sockeye. I gotcha. Crappie yep. is a delicious white flaky fish. I love it. Um, right. I, I love walleye and lake perch as well. What's your What's your uh, favorite side with a good old fish fry? Oh, uh, probably good old baked beans. Baked beans, okay. Hush puppies and French fries. And and hush. Did you say hush puppies? Yes, I did. Oh my god, I love me some hush puppies. Like I'll eat hush puppies till my belly hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it and then just lay on the couch. I'll eat like twenty of them Long John Silver uh, hush puppies, even if. Oh yeah. And I'll just—it's just so painful, but it, they taste so good, Larry. It tastes so good. We got a guy sitting in here can make the best hush puppies you ever eat, and they got jalapenos in them and all that good stuff, and they're little light flaky ones. Oh, Woo! I love me some hush puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Hush Puppy Talk with the General Larry Nixon on Straycast. I'm Pat Renwick, your host. Hey, <laughs> uh, hey, um, what's your favorite fish catch of all time for you? Besides that, I mean, the '88 maybe. But what's your, but like, what's the deal? What's the one in your brain? The one in my brain that sticks out the most is the 1010 I caught qualifying for Mega Bucks. Ten four. And uh, the reason why it does is I'd had Jay Yellis with me. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and and uh, he wasn't on any fish, so we went and fished this little uh, area where I'd been catching a whole lot of little bass, and and I went around this little pad patch. I went all the way around it, pitching in the edge of it. You know, we never got a bite. And Jay says, well, "What are you gonna do now?" And I said, well, I know there's fish in here, so I'm going to just turn around and fish around it the opposite direction. And I catch two in a row, and then I catch a 10-10. <laughs> I only had 14-pound test line, and this it's monofilament, of course. Yeah, of course. And this 10-10's running through these lily pads, and that line is cutting the tops out of them pads. It just sounded like somebody had a, a rubber band out there and is just going ding, 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 ding. Cut <laughs> the pops off of all of them. And then Jay lit my big old giant fish, you know, and he's like, oh my gosh. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. And you remember <laughs> that. It's so vivid. Like it's burned in uh, your brain, isn't it? I can remember every bit of it. Yeah, uh, that was, that was an amazing day. <laughs> it, it, it's nuts how uh, how we as fishermen have such vivid memories like we've I can't count how many fish that I've caught in my life I can't and and I don't think you really can put a number on it either but it's like you can kind of remember each fish catch does that make you know what I mean it's weird it's like I, I don't know how many I've caught but I remember every one <laughs> I can't remember every one, believe me. <laughs> I can remember the good ones. <laughs> so what's yeah. a haunting one? What is a haunting uh, a fish loss or moment or even a catch? Oh, man. I can remember a whole lot of my loss that if I'd have caught, I'd have been a whole different tournament. And uh, But none of them stick out in your mind like that one. You know, the Megabucks catch that they had on Bassmaster and the the 1010 I caught with Jay Ellis and, uh, you know, just one great big old fish had just changed the whole tournament. And, uh, you know, they stuck out the most. Yeah, man. And, uh, and it, and it stuck in all our minds a little bit too, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how big was that fish? 
Yeah, well, it was eight something, wasn't it? Uh, that in the megabucks, I think he was seven ten. Oh, seven ten. Okay, yeah. Well, he, I, he, I, just, I, he looked like ten when he jumped. <laughs> <laughs> I'd call it an eight. Seven ten's a bigger. <laughs> You know, us fishermen, we compensate. I'd call that an eight, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, um, you always hear um, from successful anglers, from winners, uh, tournament champions, that a lot of times you have premonitions or creative visualizations or funny feelings. Do you get that? Did you ever get that about your wins, Larry? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had it happen distinctly. Tell me, man. I want to know. The the, uh, the FLW one on St. Clair, you know, the last one I guess I won up there on St. Clair with FLW, we were we were putting in all down at the far end of the river, and we were running up the river headed towards St. Clair, and that's 30 miles, and we had to go past the big tower up on the bank there, the big Chevrolet Tower, you know, yeah. and Chevrolet was sponsoring that tournament. And we were running up through there. My cameraman, he was filming that camera, and he turned around, he put that camera right on me, and he says, what's it going to be? And I said, let's go win a Sabas tournament. Yes. And I won. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's like a yeah. – dude, that's like a Babe Ruth moment. That's like – you know <laughs> what I mean? Let's go win a Sabas tournament. Wow. Yeah, wow. that was uh, – I've had that happen several times out there, you know, on the last day of competition when you're fishing and – you just feel like I'm going to catch the fish to win today, and it happens. That that that's that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, you you had you had the AOY uh, seasons. Um, did did that? Did you did you have feelings that whole season? Like, did you feel you were you were uh, performing like an athlete at his prime? Maybe in those in those couple seasons when you won the AOYs. Yes. Okay. Yes, you you always when you're when you're on a roll and you're having a real good tournament year and it gets past that third or fourth tournament and you think, wow, I got a really good chance to win this thing if I just keep catching fish and uh, uh, you know it happens. Sometimes it don't, but it it happens that way. You feel it, you do it. So is the feeling is I mean is it simply described as confidence, Larry, or is it is it more because there, there's a such thing as false confidence too in fishing. If if you catch my drift, so like, is that the feeling? Is confidence the feeling, or is it just security? Right? Oh, it's just confidence in yourself and your the way you you feel about the outdoors and uh, uh, you know the maybe the times a year that you're going to certain bodies of water, but it's definitely confidence. Gotcha. And you feel in tune. It's kind of like, and you definitely. It's totally in tune. Gotcha. And, and it's, it seems that, that all you legends and, and, and Ryan or Andy agree or disagree with me. Like when you guys um, are at your peak, whether it was you, uh, you know, Larry Nixon and you in back, back in them two seasons there, or the mega bucks times, or even look at it, Aaron Martins uh, at certain times of the sport, just, of course, Clun in the zone, man. Just zones. Yeah. Like Jordan stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Add Kevin in there, too. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin, thank you, he Andy. Did, he did okay. so he was yeah, sorry. Sorry. He did all right. Zoned. Yeah, he got, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's like, it's just like something, 
they say sometimes that fishing isn't a sport, man, and you're fishing against the fish. But, like, man, how were some guys so good at it and able to figure it out so much? That's yeah. what I don't get, you know? It's definitely a sport. And, yes, you get in a zone. But it's confidence in yourself, the outdoors, knowing knowing the outdoors, feeling when things are going to happen on the water. Uh, there's a lot of things. Rick Klum was probably the very best there ever was at getting zoned. Yeah. Now, buddy, when he got zoned, he was zoned. Yeah. I mean, he, they did nothing, nothing interfere with his thinking when he was, you know, when he was in that zone that he was going to win a big tournament. Uh, it, 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 he didn't say much. You could see it in his eyes. It was like a far away. I've noticed. Look. Yeah, it was almost like he. Yeah, he was on another planet at, at times. Most definitely, occasionally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you ever been and revisited a spot that you've won on and had another magic moment on it? Uh, just the Harris chain, really. Yeah, well, you won again. <laughs> That's a dumb yeah. question. What a dumb yeah. question, host. The <laughs> but I mean, is that... I love that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently so. That, that that did Amy Welsh. Amy liked it, too. Amy loved the Harris chain, yeah. <laughs> she liked all those mega bucks. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh i mean that's that's pretty cool but like you ever you don't ever go back even fun fishing you know like uh, to a to an old spot and maybe just wreck them on it on a spot you won whether chicken monger uh, right now i'm thinking about going to the harris chain next week sometime late next week uh and fish two or three four days on my way down to okeechobee just for old time's sake and yeah. not only that i need to go fish out of my new boat and i need to go practice a little bit for me Oh, heck yes. Hey, send me a picture, would you, from over there? Jacking a big one on a pistol grip rod, if you can make that happen uh, yeah. for me. <laughs> I'd have to break one out of my archive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why are you called the general? I don't know. Forgive me. I don't know the answer to that. Well, I'm going to give you a real short answer to that one. Okay. We, we were fishing a tournament on Wheeler Lake. And I, I actually won that tournament, but I, I can't remember what year it was. And uh, the last day of the competition, we take off, and I, me and Mark Rose is fishing this one spot about 35 miles away. And he's in first or second, and I'm like 10th. Okay. And we're heading up the river, running and running and running, and I run about 15 miles, and I stop the boat, and my cameraman's got the camera going. He says, what are you doing? And I said, I can't win. I can't win up there. And I turned around and run all the way back to where we took off at. And I started practicing and I caught 17 pounds and won that tournament. And when we come in, Charlie Evans, he already knew what I did because he had talked to the camera crews. And he said, only a general would make that decision. And it stuck. <laughs> wow. Yep. That's how that happened, the general. That's exactly how that happened. So exactly. Char Charlie Evans, the, 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 the Ninja Turtle guy. <laughs> yeah, the Ninja Turtle guy. He said only a general would do that, and it stuck. That's outstanding. Wow. I never knew. I never knew. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. It's like story hour. We got Bates. Wow. We got show and tell with, with, with Mr. Nixon and stories. I, I love it, man. Hey, who was your favorite angler in 1978, and who's your favorite angler right now? 
1978, I would say it was probably Tommy Martin. Okay. Of course. Uh, he was my favorite of all times. And right now, I would say probably John Cox. John Cox. Yeah. I keep yes. up I keep up with John pretty good. I, I keep up with all the guys. Listen, I watched more fishing shows this year than any man on this earth. I love you it. You know, when you're stuck in your living room with a broken wing and you're rehabbing, lifting weights, Heck. doing all this. Well, what else does a fisherman do besides watch fishing? Watch shows? fishing, maybe cast a little bit in the living room, you know, get that flip right. down. Let me tell you something. You're going to love this. So John Cox's dad, his name is Red, Reddy Cox. He's Coach Cox, for real. And he sent some uh, those pictures that you saw of the baseball cards of you, Larry, on our on our social media that's yeah. those are from Reddy's personal collection, from John Cox's dad's collection. True story. Uh, he dying. Yeah, yeah, he's a big fan of yours, dude. <laughs> he sure, he sure is, man. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell him all about that too. <laughs> if he's not on here right now, he's on here a lot, but he'll be watching <laughs> later. Man, that's pretty awesome, man. So, like, I have, we've had a lot of of, um, we've been fortunate to have the best anglers in the world on this show. I'm just gonna say it. And the when when the Bass Galaxy found out that you were coming on the show, man, the messages, stories from people drawing you, um, you know, the co-anglers that have had that have been in the boat with you, and just messages coming in. It's it, it's it's so amazing. And this probably sounds weird, but how important you are to bass fishing does that ever sink into you? Like you're very important, man. Well, it's been a great career, and I've I've, uh, I've made the most of it. That's all I can say about that. And I've tried to make every person that's ever been in my boat feel important, whether they were a co-angler or a competitor or whatever. And uh, I've never had a problem with a co-angler in all these years, and uh, uh, it's it's been fun. You never drew Honeycut, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how would I you fished just? With Hank and I fished with Rick and I fished with Bill and uh, fished with Tommy, of course, and uh, fished with a lot of really, really, really great fishermen over the years. Denny and uh, never got to fish with Tommy Biffle. No. Uh, how about Cat? Had, had some good times. The uh, so Drew Kevin twice. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And no, what yeah. were those called when you guys did that? Were those top one fifties? No, no, those were, were invitational. Uh, Yes. Yeah. I like you guys would share the boat half of the day. Oh yeah. We had fussed with each other and bump, bump butts and all that good stuff. Man. I remember watching see that come back. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty it would cool. Be awesome. And I remember watching the derb on, it must've been on one of the Ozark lakes. And you remember a dude, Kurt Lytle? Oh, yeah. I remember the name. Yeah. Okay. And they were cranking bluff walls. Okay, and paralleling bluff walls. Imagine that. Yeah. The frustration of that. Imagine you had your six A ready to fire from the back, and you can't even get a, <laughs> can't even get a cast in, Mister Nixon. <laughs> hey, if you could describe yourself as an angler, you, Larry Nixon, describe yourself as an angler. How how would you do that? Well, I'd hate to have to do that. Well, come on, give us, a, <laughs> give me a stab. I know it's tough to describe and look at yourself, but well, I, I would, I would say, um, 
uh, you know, probably I've been, like you said, I've been known as a worm fisherman, a worm dragger, a Cinco fisherman. Uh, but now I'm, I'm, I've always felt like that I was probably as versatile as anybody in this industry. Okay. And, uh, you, yes. so you, you, you consider yourself a, a versatile angler. Oh, we froze up a minute. Uh Oh, can you hear me Larry? Period. Oh, there you was, go. There you go. Was if you do not have a worm pattern or a jig pattern, you're not going to win a three or four day event. It just, your patterns won't hold up that long. That's why you have to be able to catch them on moving baits at certain times of the day. And then you pick up a worm or a jig later in the day and you finish out your catch. And, uh, so I've always felt like I was versatile. And good. I like hearing that. I like hearing that you say that, that you describe yourself as a versatile angler. And, and I really, and, and one of the points I wanted to make was that, that you're a plug or two, man. As we said in the beginning of the show, you're not just a worm guy, man. Um, it, but you also have a history of, of being good outside, you know, um, you have a, a history of catching them good off the bank and I love offshore. Yeah, man. I mean, so uh, you're not you're not just a, you, you're not just a, you know what an FBR is in Bassin an FBR. No, that's a freaking bank runner. You know that's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I am. And uh, and uh, you know you're 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 versatile. Like you were catching them outside before guys were catching them outside, and you were doing things like um, lining up that point with that sycamore tree and that tower. And casting your five eighths lead worm weight with a five and a half foot pistol grip rod uh, to a ledge and calling your shots, um, and now we have an age that has progressed to the. Uh, and you're with Lawrence, correct? Lawrence, yes, yes, sir. You bit you're, you're with Lawrence, and you guys have oh. the, the the latest technology, I believe, with the the live type views. Yep. I don't, for lack of a better term, um. Like, are you, do you still feel you're good at outside or are too many people good outside now that you got to go do something else? Well, I'm as good outside as I always was. The problem now is you've got out of a 150 boat field, you've got 140 guys that are very, very good at fishing outside because of these fancy electronics that we do have and the map systems on there and all that. So, you know, now you got to be a little smarter. You got to have a, you got to have an inside game or a mid range game as well as an outside game. The one thing I cannot stand in every one of them tournaments, if I have to sit back here and idle around and look at that depth finder for eight hours a day to find fish, find fish, I'm not going to do any good because <laughs> yeah. I can't, not going to do that. I'm, I'm a fisherman. Right. Yeah. You know, I'll look for them up to a certain point, but I'm going to stop and fish and be sure I can get a bite there. Yeah. You, yeah. You just, right. yeah there is a point where you got to see if they're going to eat or you yeah. can get them to eat. Uh, this sonar age we got nowadays, they don't even stop and look at them. They can tell by looking at their screen if they're going to bite or not. I've witnessed yeah. it, man. I've, I've witnessed it. My, my buddy Matt on Kentucky Lake, he's a, he's a wizard telling what them fish are going to do yeah. on them ledges. And, uh, the good, the good ones can tell you how big they are. 
Yeah. I mean, I go, I don't know if you know my, my buddy Robertson, we'll, 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 we'll light over a bunch of fish on a ledge and he'll be like, nah, we ain't even going to throw at these. Those are four pounders and they ain't going to eat. I'm like, what? I, I, I'm from Chicago, man. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, let's go, let's go. But no, I'm, I like to hear that. I like to hear that, uh, that confidence in your voice again about, uh, that you feel confident outside as well. But I like that you said that you need to have like a mid-range or even a shallow pattern. So here's my next question to you. What's the general's approach to something a little different? Finding like how will you use your electronics or let's just say flat-out fishing to look for something in a mid-range or shallow game? I usually do it by fishing. Okay. You know, I'll I'll fish obvious things that I can see, points of land, little points that show up on my mapping system. Uh, I'll just pull in there and fish seven or eight of them early in the morning, one here and one there, move on down the lake and, you know, trying to find a little shallower bite than what everybody else is looking for. And uh, maybe throw a topwater for the first hour or two to see if there is a topwater bite. Uh, Hopefully get two or three in the live well and get going. But when you know that you're going to catch 20 pounds out there on them drops, yeah, you still got to spend the majority of your time looking at that unit. I get and, but I can't, I just can't do it. So are you a visual scanner as well when it comes to the shallow game? So like, is what I mean by that, is it like, are you a cruiser? Can you just, will you be going down the lake and you're, you're constantly looking at banks and, and, and things that are different um, and, and just fish on that, or is it always in conjunction with a mapping? It's got to be in conjunction with mapping. Okay. Now, if it's a, let's say if it's a springtime tournament, you know, within a three month period of the, of the spawn, then I'll run down the bank and look at, look at different things like I used to do in the mega bucks tournaments. Uh, because, you know, a lot of times you may just pull in there and fish a little piece of bank and catch a fish. And then you say, Oh, there's a little, there might be something to this. And so you just ride around and you're not really looking at your map. You're looking at the lay of the land more or less and, uh, or log on the bank or grass patches or something that's visible. Sure. And uh, so you have to do both. I mean, you just have to do both. Is Look pe- at John Cox. Yeah. He, he, don't, yeah. he don't even have a clue what island around out in the middle of the lake for. <laughs> he ain't going to do that stuff. He is a bona fide fisherman. Yeah, man. And, yeah. You know, that, that's what he's good at. And, uh, I mean, that's what I'm best at, but yet still I have to rely on offshore because in my mind, when, when I know the fish are out and I mean, they're out usually from the first day of June for the rest of the year, they're out. So I, I, I'm sorry, bank fishermen, when I know that 90% of the fish are out. I gotcha. Yeah. So I try to fish my feel, my gut, where I think the fish are, no matter what time of year it is. Okay. And and and, I, and apparently uh, it's successful for you. <laughs> it's worked very well, so why ain't you? Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, uh, no doubt, man. And the, I, I found it interesting that um, that a lot of times you're still on that, uh, that combination of, uh, what are you laughing at? Who are you looking at over there? Uh, I was looking through this window here. One of them pilgrims in there looking at me. Wait, where's George Cochran at? <laughs> where's he at? 
Uh, he's down at the cabin right now, still duck hunting. Is he still? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's counting his little Mr. Monies. That's what he's doing. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> hey, um, what's the best? What, what what's the the best song ever? The best song ever to Larry Nixon. Oh man. Yeah. I've never been a music freak. But what's your uh, best song? You got to have a song that you just like. Get your toes tapping. Uh, anything Toby Keith sings. Okay. All right. I'll give you a little Toby Keith. I got you there. Uh, how, about, all of- how about a movie? <laughs> <laughs> how about a movie? How about a movie? What's the general's movie? Oh, let's see. A bunch of them. Whoo-wee. I like the Green Mile. I like... Uh, Josie Wales. Oh, yeah, the outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. Oh, that's one of the most awesome ones. Yes, sir. Speaking your language. Remember uh, yeah. White Lightning with Burt Reynolds, Gator McCluskey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a bad man yeah. with Jamba right there. That's a good one. That's a good one. How about a TV show? What was your TV show back in the day? Back in the day? Yeah. Good lands. Gunsmoke, maybe? <laughs> yeah. That's the general. That's Larry Nixon, man. <laughs> hey, if you got to pick it, and they're going to do the, uh, the the history of the general on the, uh, you know, uh, on the uh, on the Discovery Channel, and who's who's the actor that's playing you in the recreation scenes? Who's that? Oh my! What was that question again? In the in the what now? Yeah, you know, like they're doing the history of the general, you know, and then they got they, they of you, Larry Nixon, and then they got the yeah. they always got that actor that's the stand-in, you know. They'll show you like you know, like in the clip, like who's the who's the actor playing the role of Larry Nixon? Boy, you got me on that one. Oh, you make who's your favorite actor? Pick a guy. Eastwood. Now we gotta have Eastwood. Eastwood. God dang right, you gotta have Eastwood in there playing the general. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who was your first uh your first uh paying sponsor? Uh let's see. Rebel. Was it Rebel? Okay. Rebel. Uh Glastron might have been the very first one, Glastron boats. Yes. Uh, I finished second in the classic, that very first classic and, uh, Rick Clun got a, got a sponsorship of Glastron and he wanted me to be his, uh, running mate. So we, we ran Glastron boats for a while. That's awesome. Yeah. My granddad had a Glastron. I remember that thing. Well, sure is. Yeah. What, what was your favorite rebel crank back in the day? The, uh, deep we are the deep we are. Oh gosh. Yeah. Remember that special kind of plastic it had? It had a special plastic. Yeah, they had a special plastic. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? What do you got? What is it? Oh, it's a popper. Yes, I do now. That's an old rebel popper. Yeah, bud. That's an old sanded down Zell Roland popper. Yeah. He gave me two of them many years ago, and I was so proud of them that I didn't even fish with them. Oh, my gosh. And they're custom <laughs> Zell sanded. Yep, custom Zell pan. They're so little, you darn near have to have a spinning rod to throw them. He sanded them so thin. <laughs> <laughs> and then he works on the lips. 
But that's two of them right there. That's bass fishing history in each hand right Don't catch there. a pike on that thing. Yeah, wow. That's, that's another rebel lure that was awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, bass fishing is constantly changing and evolving, you know? I mean, and, it's, and there's good and bad. So I got to ask you, what's something that's kind of grinding your gears in professional bassing right now, whether it be with uh, uh, tournament angling, industry, people, anything. What's grinding Larry Nixon's gears? Well, some of that I can't talk about. Okay. (laughs) Well, this is a talk show, mind you. Keep it light. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's see. I think it is the uh, the looking at the fish on the electronics is what's grinding my gears more than anything in the world. Okay, uh, you know it's one of them things. Like, it's one of them things you can't get off your mind because it's it's everybody's doing it and everybody's winning tournaments doing it, and uh, it's new to me. I mean, it's just new to me. Okay, I'm I'm just I'm a rookie trying to start over. <laughs> well, basically, what I'm doing. You know, at 70 years old, that's extremely difficult to change everything you know and spend your time looking for fish on electronics. Mm-hmm. I've always done it looking straight down. Sure. Even with the old flash. You know, I was I was probably as good as there was at looking at fish on an old flasher and say, oh, shoot, there they are. I remember. And stuff down there. But, there goes the shorty Hopkins spoon. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, they're, they're looking this way. And they're doing it all day long, and a lot of times they don't even make a cast if they don't see a fish. Yeah. Oh, oh, we've that seen it. Grinds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I get it. So it's like, is there a solution to this, or Sounds is it boring. just, or is it just a natural progression that? So, in other words, it's only going to be, it's not going to be every tournament that that's going to be the winning deal. Like we saw St. Clair last year on the Elite Series, where if you didn't have that. You were pretty much SOL, okay? That's right. Uh, except John Cox, of course, he's an anomaly. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, in that championship, you know, he just went back to doing what John Cox does. He hunted a place where he did not have to do that. Yeah, and he just turned. Exactly, but so I mean, so again, it's only going to play a role part of the time, but. The time when it does play a role, it's a major role, and you better be on top of the game, ain't it? It's a major role. Yeah. And you better know how to do it. And, you know, you say that, and look at Zaleski. I think I said that right, isn't it? That won the um, MLF championship up there at um, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't can't think of it. Zaleski. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He, He didn't have it. Nope. He sure. didn't have live spot at all. He just fished. Right. Yeah. And he, he still won, the, won, won that big tournament. But I'll tell you one thing. The wind took that tournament away from all the guys that were using the, the sight fishing. Because if you can't keep your you can't keep your trolling motor in the water, you can't, can't look for fish. Yeah. I, I was on the water that day, Larry, up there. And, yeah, it was, it was terrible. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know how they were. Oh, I mean, it was awful. Even in the channel. It was bad. There was there were three four footers in the channel where Cox was fishing. I've heard that that and that you know that that made him take advantage of his strength, which was drifting, saving his batteries, and yep. fishing. Yeah, yep. and uh, it worked. It worked out well for him. 
Heck, heck, heck yeah, it did. Right, so have you been practicing? Do, do you practice with this live scan scope deal? Not that much. Okay, gotcha. Not that much. We better get in them pads over in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> See if you see any gar swimming through there. Are you are you telling me I should go to Rayburn and learn how to use my unit instead of going to Florida and having fun? Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Larry. I am. As, a, as your bass fishing coach, I am telling you, you need to get out there and get on the technology so the time that the live scan is in there, we still got the general in there kicking ass because that's what we need from you in 21 is you kicking butt. Got it? That would be nice. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. All right. So I know before that, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we got to lay it on the line. Andy, let's interrogate the, the, the general before we get out of here. All right. Let's, inter let's interrogate the general Nixon before we get out of here. <laughs> are, you, are you ready for this, Larry? As long as it's fast, okay. I'm getting thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to know this. All right. Some quick, quick questions here for you. Now, before we asked you about uh, Gentleman George, and I want to know the most trouble that you and Gentleman George have ever been in together, the two of you. The most trouble? Yeah, most trouble. Uh, George kind of harassed some hunters one morning and by me to these hunters hole jumped us. Oh, we'd hunting this spot for three days and we get there and one of them is sitting in George's chair and the other one's got his gun hanging on my limb and we walk in there and they shining lights at us and George just keeps on walking. <laughs> he gets up there and we get into the darndest argument about hole jumping. And then they get into this argument about harassing hunters. Uh-oh. <laughs> and so George says, if we don't get to hunt here, nobody gets to hunt here. And he's shining his flashlight up in the air <laughs> off all the ducks. And, and these guys call the game warden and the game warden comes. <laughs> <laughs> And he interrogates everybody, and, and when it's all said and done, he told me, he says, look, he said, if they press charges, we're going to have to give you all big tickets and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And he said, if I was you, I'd figure out who they are, and they're wrong. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Move along, son. And then yeah, the game warden yeah. said, "Aren't he, you he that guy from the Mega Bucks?" More, he didn't give us a ticket. They didn't press charges, but we was pretty nervous for a little bit. One of the boys got a big, big ticket because he had too many shells on his, in his vest. <laughs> oh, I was legal. I was legal and everything else, and. Uh, uh, he was the only one that got the ticket. Yeah, I think I think I think that George Cochran's a big old, bigger troublemaker than uh, than than people let out to be. I, I think he is. There there was a few more a few more times when we might have done things with a little bit inappropriate in the woods, but it wasn't our fault. <laughs> never is. It's never your fault. Never your fault, Larry. <laughs> Man, I uh, I want to tell you. Um, I think it's great that uh, you took time out of your 
I mean, I, I would be amiss here if we didn't go through a couple things before we let you go. I know you're thirsty. I know you got to get back to poker. And um, and I did talk you out of poker night with the boys. So that is that's a story I'm going to tell my grandkids that I talked to, I talked to General out of playing poker with the boys to come on a Bass and Talk show. <laughs> but uh, Ryan Whitaker here, Popcorn Whitaker, you remember him from the Forest Wood Cup, and he uh, he is a a, 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 st- a statistical genius. He is a statistical no. genius, <laughs> and uh, he has compiled and probed some of the most intelligent people in bass fishing and came up with some Larry Nixon stats. They're going to blow your mind, Larry. Oh, the buildup. Larry, I'm thirsty, too. I'm going to make it quick. <laughs> so we're going to start with we're going to start with your Bassmaster career, your long and storied Bassmaster career. Of course, t- you fished 260 Bassmaster tournaments. You went to 25 classics, one win, 1983. By the way, you're, you're actually my birth angler. Birth angler. It's like because, Eskimo brother. Because you won on the year I was born. Um, in the Ohio River. Tough tournament, 18-1. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you had 14 wins in your Bassmaster career. You caught 7,537 pounds of bass. You won $1,634,858. And that comes out to... Two hundred and sixteen dollars per pound Two, of bass. Two hundred and sixteen bucks a pound. Yes, sir. And furthermore, that came out to every tournament you fished, you averaged six thousand two hundred eighty-seven dollars per tournament. He's in a, Bassmasters. He's a, he's a check that's cash. Pretty good. Wow. Now check, going right down the list. Pale Chartreuse. Oh, that's my notes. Uh, <laughs> FLW. You fished 191 tournaments. Whoa. 17 cups. 17 cups. 28 top tens. You won $1,895,987, and you averaged $9,926 per tournament at FLW. Wow. Now, I combined the two, Bassmaster and FLW. (laughs) All together, you won $3,530,845, and you averaged... Combined, seven thousand eight hundred twenty-eight dollars per tournament, and that's out of four hundred and fifty-one tournaments. Wow, unbelievable! That's a career. We like counting pro anglers' money. <laughs> that's for sure. Wow. Hey, thank you, man. Um, for for being uh, for being you, Larry Nixon, and uh, and being one of the grand inspirers. In this game of uh, of bass fishing, you you have uh, showed us all um, the right way to do things, the proper way to do things, and uh, and it's pretty cool, man. You are definitely the general of proper bass, and there's there's no doubt about it. Thank you so much uh, again, uh, Mr. Nixon, for for gracing us this evening and in uh, 2021, bud. On the uh, on the old tackle warehouse uh, circuit that you're about to embark on in about three weeks, yeah, yeah on the big O, knock them out, knock them out, General. Get it. Thank you, Larry. Get it. Thank you. Get it. Go wet your whistle. <laughs> That's Larry Nixon, the General. Wow. Awesome. Unbelievable. That was fantastic. Yeah. Life moments, man. Yeah, life moments happen on straight cast for bass fishing. Why do we not know that story of why he was named the general? I what did the not ever know, and I would have never guessed it was Ninja Turtle, dude. Yeah, I would have never Turtle. known. Yeah, 
He's like all sweaty in that suit. Did they suit. accept your... Uh, he was all sweaty in the suit, and he pulled the mask over and said, the general. Did they accept your application for the Ninja Turtle job? <laughs> no. no. Mine? Yeah. No. I thought you applied. I did. Absolutely, I did. Of course. <laughs> I, they had the applications at the FLW Cup, and I put the yeah. thing in the box. They didn't pick. You're too tall for Leonardo. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I missed the sign. Uh, let's give stuff away. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, if you uh, didn't get a chance to find out about any of this going on right now, uh, Omnia Fishing, in case you still want to buy some soft plastics, uh, what's the code, Jinjo? I got Worms 20. I got Worms 20. What do you got? I got Worms 20. I got Worms 20, too, over at OmniaFishing.com. Any soft plastic baits, kaboom, kapow. You getting the old uh, Jake Haas in on the Zoom boat? He's waiting on him. Where's Jake? Let's go. Hey, Jake? Jake. He might get, we might uh, he might uh, lose his uh, his uh, Chicago shuffle Kansas City uh, 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 Plattsburgh. Andy's got a hockey date yeah, or something. Let's go. Andy's got a hockey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's hurrying up. You guys want to just close the show? Uh, his computer. Where's Jacob? Up. Uh, Does he have the winner? What's that? His computer is messed up. He oh, said. in case anyone's enjoying this, Gremlins. We, we have to go. <laughs> the um, he said his computer's messed up. Oh, okay. So do we know the winner uh, or anything? Hold on. I'll get him to text it over. Hey, Pat. Talk about a monkey wrench. <laughs> like, <fucking laughs> ruin the mood there. Uh, <laughs> a Dave Grohl size <laughs> monkey wrench. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome to the end of the Straight Cash Show. I'm Pat Renwick. Now it's well. time to give away oh, some prizes. What do you think about that? Yeah. All right. What are we giving away? Line and lure? Line and lure. Line and lure? Yes, and Armor Shield. The winner BTS? is Carl Yastrzemski. Uh, Carl Yastrzemski, you won. The up. winner is Pete Lecoq. Pete, you won. Dick Pohl. Do you know who Pete Lecoq uh, um, is? Who his dad is? No. Dick Clark. Come on. Oh. Bro. No, not him. It's one of those guys. No. Yeah. No. No. Uh, it's another game show host. Dick Trickle? No, Race stop car it. driver? Stop no. it with those jokes. I was being serious. Oh, okay. Yes. Who won? Uh, this dude's... Play more of that music. Did he give it to himself? I don't know, but... Oh, Peter Marshall. Pete Lecoq's <laughs> father was Peter Marshall. For real. Okay. That's a true story. Okay. Yeah, I forgot. Not Penny Marshall, but Peter Marshall. Right. Not Laverne and Shirley. No, no one knows who we're talking about. Except me. Does this and guy I know did. how to party or no, what? <laughs> it's that kind of party, bruh. All right, we're giving away 50 bucks worth of line and lure conditioner. I order. And Pick I a order. winner, Andy. Oh, I got it. Oh, oh, Andy's got a winner. Jeez. And this is line and lure. Look how fast he randomized. Bowdestern. You're so random. Uh, Bowdestern. He's so randomly extra. Bowdestern, line and lure, and arm shield. John Holtz. John Holtz? John, I know John Holtz. John Holtz? Yeah. yeah I, a teacher, uh, right? Yeah, he's a teacher. He teaches things. He teaches things he's, to yes. people. He's certified teachable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, did a thing. Uh, he can teach him about him. shining things up and getting longer casts, no? Yeah, and uh, and exactly, uh, line and lure conditioner is now going to make things easier for him to teach because yes, it's, not, it's like line conditioner for your line. <laughs> Careful. Memory loss drug. <laughs> who that? Who? 
It's a memory loss drug. <laughs> me- me- memory loss drug. What is? Line and lure conditioner? Line and lure, yeah. It takes oh, the yes. memory out. Oh, true. Yeah. I forgot what it's you said on the short drug. term. Yeah. I forgot what you said. Oh, you forgot. Yes, exactly. I guess it really does work. Don't <laughs> guzzle it next time. <laughs> hey, wait. Hold on. Before we get out of here, I got a special thing I want to do. Keep it going. Keep it going. So... This right here, if you notice, this is this is a a, a, a mastery tickle box. Mastery. It's a ma- no. It's a mastery. The tickle it's, box. Yeah. This is a yeah. special thing that Matt from Onum has out. It's a mastery tickle box. <laughs> and there's all kinds of weirdly shaped uh, toys in here. But one of the coolest things in here is this right here. The tightrope baby popcorn JP high firework chick. Who are those losers on that package? These are the guys from Mel Brooks' Young Frankenstein. That, oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's uh, Mel Brooks and Young and the <laughs> Frankenstein monster, both on here. But uh, if, I, if I may recommend, my favorite is the, uh, the jig that I invented, which is the Tightrope HD, the 3 eighths and the... Uh, <laughs> is it a half ounce? 3 eighths and a half. 3 yes. eighths and a half. I invented yes, that sir. jig. Fact, cutter clevis. Yes, it's had as a cutter clevis that I I am very refined in my clevises, just so you know. I'm practiced right. the art, the art of clevises. And uh, for everybody in the know. Um, thank you so much. Uh, if you get a chance, go to tightropefishing.com and buy Ryan and JP's jig uh, and, and, uh, and, and make things groovy. Yeah, for- don't be freaked out by the amount that are sold out. There will be more up tomorrow. Yeah. Keep He's getting to work and buy the Cutter Clevis Pat Renwick Signature Series 3 8 HDs, uh, 5 8 on tightrope, uh, and halves. fishing.com and halves and all that good stuff. Uh, thank you to our fine sponsors. Uh, thank you to Isaac Moore at Line and Lure about a stern. He's a scientist and makes all that stuff over there. Thank you, Andrew Ellenberger, for producing and engineering the hell out of this show tonight. Thank you very much, Ryan Popcorn Whitaker, for your st- beautiful statistics. <laughs> thank you. I thought it was going somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> For your beautiful statistics, thank you uh, so much, Larry Nixon, uh, the general, for gracing our presence. And I'm Pat Remwick. And next week, uh, we're going to bring you Mark Zona. Yeah. Z's coming to hang out. We're going to have a good time. Peace. We'll see you then. I'm going to swim out of here. Swim. In this ocean of love. Swimming through this ocean of bass fishing love, and I'm Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Straycast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!